you are about to enter a great adventure. This is Strutting from Gorilla. Welcome everyone back to Strutting from Gorilla. We have a special episode today. This is our 24th episode. Um, we're short a few people. Uh, we do not have Mikey Cash. We do not have the leader of men, Bobby Stone, or Mr. Mango. Um, but we have a special guest today. We have Anya on with us. She is our expert in all things New Japan wrestling. She also loves AEW wrestling um, and uh, is not quite a fan of the new uh, product that WWE is putting out, kind of like the rest of us. So we're excited about the episode today. Just to remind everybody, uh, starting from Gorilla, we're um, a bunch of mid thirty year olds with uh, that that love talking about wrestling. Um, we're big fans, and uh, we're excited to get going today. Um, a little bit different, only two people, but I'm excited. Anya, welcome to the show. Thank you. Long time listener and fan, first time guest. Happy to be here. Good. Yeah. So um, we are going to talk first on the docket um, just a little bit about New Japan Wrestling. We do a, a pretty good job here of covering um, some of the current stuff that's going on. And we also like to go back in time and talk about the stuff that we really enjoyed. Uh, mostly from WWE, but you know, now that there's been some resurgence in the uh, wrestling world, um, we've seen a lot more promotions like AEW. We've seen Impact Wrestling kind of partner with um, AEW, and uh, and then New Japan. New Japan's been around for a long time. It's had its ups and downs, and um, I, we'd love to hear a little bit more about what you have to think about it. Yeah. So first of all, I want to thank Chris Jericho because he's the one who got me into New Japan Wrestling. I remember seeing so many articles and YouTube videos about this Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega this, Kenny Omega that. And I'm Google imaging him being thinking that he's this, you know, typical huge wrestler, like something special. And he just is this average looking guy. And I'm like, what is so special about him? He had an upcoming match with Chris Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom. And I'm like, I got to watch this and see what he's all about. And as soon as I watched that first Wrestle Kingdom and I saw that Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega match, that was it. I just became a huge New Japan fan. And back in the day, they were on Access TV, so you could watch it if you had any major cable network, but now they're strictly on the New Japan service only, which is unfortunate. So I've kind of lost touch with that since I don't have that service. But I wanted to talk a little bit about what makes New Japan Wrestling so different and so good. And one of the things that they have, because they have probably a quarter of a roster size as WWE, but one of the things I find super interesting is they have these huge factions. They have Bullet Club, which we're all very familiar with. They have Chaos. They have Los Ingobernales de Japón. And they have a ton of members. And it's a revolving door. There's always 
new wrestlers coming in that are huge debuts. And then there's wrestlers that are changing factions that are betraying other wrestlers. So there's always this storyline going, even though it's very much the same story because it's all the same factions, but there's always new faces and there's always new stories. No, that's a, that's a really good point. Now, let me ask you a question about that though. So Mm -hmm. we always talk about how the problem with WWE now is how it's so like, it's all, it's like a cog, right? It's everything's cookie cutter and, and everything like that. Do you see that with, um, new Japan wrestling as much? Again, I don't, I don't, I haven't watched it much at all. Watch it. I know I got to. And I actually, (laughs) you mentioned it. They have a, um, their own little service. I think they're on Roku TV now too, um, that you can watch them on that as well. I think Mike's mentioned that before. Um, but yeah, no, that, those are really great points. Um, yeah, keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, a lot of their wrestlers, you know, there's your standard gimmicks, but they're all very neutral and very normal. I feel like all their wrestlers are very just much these regular guys that are just themselves. And what they do is perform great wrestling. They perform amazing moves, amazing matches. And what they do with these large factions, too, is they're not afraid to combine multiple wrestlers into a tag team, throw on a tag team match that we've never seen before. And they also have their own singles matches amongst themselves, too. So I feel like it's always fresh. It's always new. And one thing that's very interesting is a few years back, there was a feud between Kenny Omega and Kazushika Okada. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that name, Anthony. I have not. I have not, Anya. I have not. That's those are two names I have not heard of. But please continue <laughs> to enlighten me on this. I'm 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 in learning mode right now. Well, I mean, I don't want to talk too badly about WWE, but one of the things that they do is I feel with all the pay-per-views that they have, they don't have as much time to really build up these huge matches. One thing they did really well on NXT, I remember, was the Gargano and Ciampa feud. I feel like that was paced out far enough that you could really be engaged in it, that their matches weren't consecutive. Oh, on this night, there's a Gargano and Ciampa match. Oh, the next night, another Gargano and Ciampa match because they're in this feud. So what New Japan did with Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada was they paced it off in years. I believe it started in 2016 was when they had their first match together. In 2017, they had another match together. In 2018, they had another match together. And it was paced out in a way in which you remember how good that match first was. And you were so excited to see them in another match. And they had four matches that upped the ante each and every single time and ended with a fourth match that was three fall or yeah, it was like three out of four falls and it was a 60 minute time limit match and they went over the time limit and it was just incredible. I highly recommend YouTubing any of their matches together and you'll see what I'm talking about when I'm saying new Japan is incredible. All right. I will, I will check those out and I hope our listeners do too. Um, the other thing I I've always, I've heard, you know, I'm, I'm reading the, um, 
the the Vader book right now by Kenny Casanova. And it's what what's really interesting. This isn't the first time I've heard this. Obviously, the styles in Japan um, are much different than here in the U.S., right? And okay. I, from what I understand back in the day, and I, I'm assuming it's probably still the same now, they, they actually are a lot more stiff with their moves, right? Like when they hit someone and punch them, most of the time you're not getting, you know, that open fist that, that you get in WWE. And it's not as much, um, it, there's just a, a lot more actual wrestling going on. And um, they, I, I, I've seen a lot of people when they come over from New Japan to, to, the U S and wrestle, there's a big adjustment period, right? Because you have to still work with the other talents. And if you're being really stiff, like for instance, Vader was very, very stiff, right? He learned in, um, in the U S then he went over to new Japan. Then he went to, um, another promotion in, in Germany. And so he was out there wrestling and learning all, all their styles out there. And he had to come back here and people hated the way he worked because he was literally very aggressive and it was tough to work with him. So I think it's the same thing here. Like you can see it with Shinsuke Nakamura when, when he came over from Japan, like he was, he's the king of the strong style. Right. And it's the same concept where he had to kind of adapt more to what the U S is doing. And I think, you know, you're seeing a lot more mix of that. I, I mean, I don't know. I think, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega has the same style as kind of Shinsuke does, right? It's kind of a little bit unique. Um, and I enjoy watching his matches too. Sometimes I think he can be, you know, he puts, you can tell like when someone puts a lot of effort into something and in AEW, he's clearly trying to do things differently, right? He's clearly trying that. And, you know, he had the fail with the, um, the, the match with the, at the end and it didn't, it, the, the explosions oh, the didn't explosion. quite go off. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, Out of no, his control. <laughs> Yeah. And he's trying something new, right? He's doing something different. So I give him credit for that. Um, but I like to see that effort and it, it's different. It's unique. And um, yeah, I, I completely agree there. So, I mean, I will definitely check out new Japan a little bit more. That's something that I, I, I have to do a better job of myself, but um, what, what makes you like Kenny Omega so much? What I know you're a big fan of his, but what, what, what is it the most that you like about him? Sure. I mean, he's a phenomenal wrestler, but really what it is about him is his storytelling. There's just some element about him that no matter what storyline you put him in, especially heel or face, it doesn't matter. He excels at both sides. Like I remember, I think it was 2016 or 2017 where he won the G1 Climax in New Japan. He was a heel. So he debuted in New Japan, really, in the Bullet Club as this super mega heel, super ignorant, super tough, badass dude. And when he won the G1, he was still a heel, but he decided to let the Japanese audience know that he could speak fluent Japanese. And the reason why he didn't was because simply he's a heel. You know, people aren't supposed to really relate to him or really like him in any way. So if he spoke Japanese, the Japanese would, you know, initially feel, oh, he learned our language. That's really cool. We kind of like him now. But he wanted to maintain this ignorant Canadian guy that just came over there to take over. Right. So I still remember that promo and I was watching it, too, thinking, you know, he's Canadian. I don't think he can speak Japanese. And he just spit out Japanese. It was like, you guys didn't think 
I knew how to speak it, huh? Well, I'm not speaking it because I'm a heel, but I can understand everything everybody's saying and I can have a full on conversation. And you could hear the audience just gasp and cheer. And it's like, that's exactly why he probably didn't. But it's just that it's his element of storytelling, making you believe he's a certain way. And like really thinking you know him as that type of person, even though he's completely different in real life, he doesn't break that character barrier when he's playing it. So I think definitely a lot of New Japan too is their storytelling, is their buildup to matches. I remember always watching a pay-per-view for them. And at the end of the last of the last match, the main event, there's always you kind of anticipated somebody coming out, this new challenger. There was no story ending, story beginning of openness it was just very linear it was like oh there's a new challenger gonna come on what's gonna happen not when you're watching wrestling these days a lot the pay-per-view just kind of ends and you're like so where do they go from here you're kind of left wondering well as a new japan i felt they always ended it of oh that's gonna be the new challenger that's gonna be the new storyline i'm excited what are they gonna do about it type thing yeah so i always felt yeah, no, I I agree. I I think that um that's half the problem with 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 WWE these days, right? There's no there's no storyline to everything. There's just, you know, if it doesn't work, they just end it and it kind of makes you not want to involve your time in it. Like I look at the retribution angle. They built it up, they built it up, they built it up and then all of a sudden it just it's it's shit right it's nothing it's it, it's like you get in you get all excited about something and it's it's not great they've had a lot more misses than they have hits right so like you have the fiend going going on right now we all talk about it. i think that's the best the best yeah. character in wwe right now and it's because it's different it's not just like these guys going at it that are um for, for no real reason and then one minute you have a, a match with someone the next you don't and they've had a couple good feuds but really the the nxt roster is what has built it up like i watch that and i will get into this a little bit later i watch that and it's totally different so with with new japan i i, I feel like you're probably going to get more of that would you relate it more to like aw style of 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 wrestling or is it kind of a mix between the two Yeah, I would say it's similar to AEW, very similar to Ring of Honor, because it has that very indie underground feel where it just feels organic. You feel like the wrestlers are having fun. You know, it just feels like it's just different. That whole atmosphere. I remember going to a New Japan show in 2018. I went to a New Japan show they had in Los Angeles. And just like the whole crowd was different, you could tell everybody was a diehard wrestling fan because you have to be in order to know it exists. Otherwise, you see WWE absolutely everywhere. You go to Walmart, you pass by a John Cena t-shirt right when you walk in. Like You're exposed to WWE, but you have to actually be a wrestling fan to enjoy the other promotions. So it's just the whole atmosphere is very different. You, I don't know. It's, It's a whole new world. And just, I think... Why I'm a big fan about it is because it is very different. It's not cookie cutter. They're not afraid to do different things. And even their matches are just totally different new sets of moves that you've never seen before. It's just something very refreshing. That's not your everyday televised match that you get a hundred times a week. Yeah. 
No, and I think the other thing to it, and we talk about this a lot. Again, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to bash on all this stuff, but I, you know, we talk about this a lot. But there is a big difference um, between the two because look at, look, I mean, just look at this week alone. We talked about this last week on our podcast, um, talking about kind of the road to WrestleMania. But like, there is, there was Monday Night Raw, which is three hours of television. Then you had the Hall of Fame ceremony, which was another two hours plus of television. Then the next day, you have NXT day one, then NXT day two, then WrestleMania day one, then WrestleMania day two. It's really hard to get invested in any storylines or any character when you have so much going on. And I think that's a big problem. And it's almost like you become too big. Um, and, and, and you don't give people the chance to kind of build those stars like you did in the past. So having promotions like AEW and new Japan, they're a little bit smaller. You, pr- you have a chance to build some stars. Like you're seeing people and characters that you didn't see before and you're getting a chance to be themselves. Everything is not totally scripted. So you get that organic feel, like you said, um, before we move on, like wh- who are some of the big stars to watch in there today that maybe we didn't touch on? Is there anybody you like in there now that, that you've seen? I know maybe maybe not totally currently, but in that last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched it in a while, but I remember the big stars were Kazuchika Okada. He held the IG- IWGP championship for a long time, and he was the top dog. He was like... I don't even know who to compare him to in like major wrestling. He was like the Chris Jericho of New Japan. Yeah. He was that huge, right? He was big. There's also um, Tanahashi. He's a big star there. He's been wrestling for years, a long, long time. He'd probably be like the John Cena. Everybody loves him. There's also, um, I don't know, I feel like, See, they give their guys so much opportunity that somebody who's a mid-carder today could be their top star. Like, I remember Evil. He's in Los Ingobernales with Naito. So Naito had a huge feud with Chris Jericho again. But Evil was more of a tag team wrestler with his partner Sonata or Bushi. So he was kind of like, you know, he had his tag team championship reigns, but one day he just snapped and took it all. He won the Intercontinental title, then he won the heavyweight title, and he became their biggest star out of nowhere. And everybody was behind it because, yeah, sure, why not? You know, this is new. Yeah. This is different. We like this. And, you know, then he got beat by another wrestler, lost the titles, but he had his moment to shine. And I'm sure that'll come up again like that's one thing i feel about the indies and like you mentioned there's so much potential for them to kind of just build their characters build their wrestlers let them each have their moment to shine there's no just you know hate to say it but there's no like randy orton that's been there forever and he's always going to be like their top player type thing you know what i mean no i I know. Well, you know, again, we talk about this all the time and we're going to do an episode on this because I think we kind of have to. But I think, you know, as you've seen over the years in the past, like they used to have different territories and everyone learned different styles that came with different techniques. You know, everything wasn't 
force fed in this factory of you have to learn the WWE style. So everyone looks the same, does the same moves, just everything scripted. Like you could actually be yourself. I mean, that's why Austin took off, right? He was able to be himself. And I think it's the reason you're seeing John Moxley go from this kind of mid card of who they tried to push and it didn't go great, but it was okay. And then all of a sudden he's in a W and he's taking off. Like, I enjoy watching him because he's himself, right? And I've said this before. He reminds me of a Stone Cold Steve Austin because he's got the same attitude where it's like me take on the world type of thing. But he's himself. It's different. You know, you don't see the same the same thing over and over and over again, and especially five days in a row. So um, I, I agree there. I think what we're going to do is um, let's let's table the New Japan there. Because I want to have you and Mike have a good conversation about this because he knows a lot more. He's really into into New Japan wrestling. So I think we should table that. When he comes back, we'll have another episode with you on and we'll we'll really go into more details about it. But um but let's let's transition a little bit because I know you're also like myself, um, a big AEW fan. Uh, you saw the Chris Jericho um you know, he was being involved and it kind of propelled it a little bit, but it's just you see the small guy, and again, I think it's this two hour time frame where you can focus on storylines and understand characters and it's not constantly shifting and moving and then being force-fed certain things like they are constantly giving guys opportunities there um and at wwe it's not like that at all it's just kind of they push the guys they want to push and they don't really they say they listen to the fans but i don't really know that they do all the time and i think they have such a talented roster i just wish they would let the leash off a little and i it would it would it would really help and you've seen bits and pieces and it, what bothers me about it, and I think it bothers a lot of people, is that you like get these glimpses of, oh, I want to watch again, and then all of a sudden it's like you're 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 back. You take a step forward to take two steps backwards. And my expectations of all of their, I, I continue to watch it. Thing is, I know Mike Mikey Cash is listening to this and say. Well, Vito, you choose to watch it. You don't have to choose to watch it. It's one of those things. It's like, yeah, but you know, I, I just always hope that they they figure it out, and they never, they haven't. And I, it, but you get these bits and pieces. Like I thought the Royal Rumble was pretty good. My expectation was low, and it pretty much exceeded it. Um, but with AEW, I feel like it's just this fresh take on everything. And one of the things I, I want to touch on is: Did you see that they are doing Austin? is doing his broken skull sessions and Chris Jericho is going to be on it. Did you see that? No. Yeah. So it was just advertised. Chris Jericho is on there. It's a big thing. It has like the rattlesnake and then it has the Y2J countdown. Just check it out. You can, you can see it on, actually, I think we retweeted it. You can check it out on our Twitter, which I didn't mention this. Our Twitter is, um, is uh, from underscore gorilla on the Twitter machine. So feel free to tweet at us. If you have questions for Anya, I'm sure she'd love to answer them. Tweet at us. If you don't, if you think that new Japan is way better than we're giving it credit for, you can also yell at us for that too. But that, yeah. So Austin is going to interview Chris Jericho. I was shocked. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And I saw a, um, a write up saying that Austin, you know, I guess Jericho saw the undertaker, um, episode and he loved it. And so, he texted Austin and said, I'd love to be part of the show. And he said, yeah, I'd love you to be too. And he texted Vince McMahon and he said, Vince McMahon gave him a thumbs up <laughs> on the text. And that was it. And, and so Austin then said, Hey, you know, 
I, I just want to make sure you understand this. Chris Jericho, who signed with AEW, wants to be on the show. Are you sure you want him on? And he said, yes, I do. And so he, he's, he said he tried to call him, but he said Vin, Vince doesn't pick up his phone calls as often as he used to. And so they're, they're doing the show. So I'm really excited to see that. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I'm shocked. I would think, you know, Jericho left WWE for another promotion that he burnt that bridge with WWE. So I'm sure that's how Stone Cold felt, too, when he heard, you know, when he said, I would love to have you on, too. But essentially, it's not up to him. So I'm excited for that. I'm wondering how that's going to go. Me too. I'm super excited for it. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of softball questions, though. I don't think you're going to hear a lot about AEW. This is just my opinion. I, I don't know. I, I don't have like a sneak peek into this, but um, but I think it's going to be a lot of softball questions and a lot of stuff directed at his time in, in WWE and kind of the current state of wrestling. I don't think it's going to be much about AEW, but I, hey, I could be wrong. I, I mean, I guess, you know, people asked Triple H about it and he originally said that when, you know, how AEW is kind of doing their, their whole like uh, inner promotion thing with Impact and New Japan. And they said they opened the door to WWE and, Triple H said they were open for business, and I guess he, he was right. I'm kind of shocked about it because back in the day, you would never see a WCW guy on a, a WWE programming. No, so I think that's the times, having the, the enemy over for dinner. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I like it. I I, I like it. I mean, I, I think it, there, there's two things I, I I take out of this. One, I I don't think Vince McMahon sees AEW as a threat. Because if he did, I don't think he would allow this to happen, which I think he's incredibly wrong on. Um, but that's me. And and number two, I also think the other part of it is maybe Vince McMahon's just getting older. And he's like, well, listen, we just made a billion dollars off of this Peacock thing. It's kind of out of my hands. You know, we have the board of directors here. And yeah, I still make decisions. But like, who cares, you know? <laughs> and so I, I, I don't know. I'm very curious to see what he's going to ask. And I'm, 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 I'm really excited about it. Do you think this could also be one of those things where Vince is like, hmm, maybe it'll get AEW listeners to listen to us and maybe pay attention more to WWE? It, it could, but I, I think it's kind of the other way around, right? Like, I think people are, people who like AEW are wrestling fans. Right. And they're people who watch WWE forever who who now watch AEW because they're so sick of WWE. Like I, I I that's my opinion based on. I mean, if you go on Twitter, all I ever see is people bashing WWE. So, um but again, times are different, right? We're in our 30s. We used to I loved wrestling since I was a kid. I know you have too. And, and times are different. I, I don't know, maybe kids today love the WWE style that maybe we didn't see, you know, and there's younger generation that are watching, but we I I just again, I could spend all day bashing these bashing, but I'm not going to, Anya. I'm not going to. That's the last bad thing I'm saying about WWE. But no, I'm excited for AEW. I'm excited for it. To piggyback on what you just said, though, about watching wrestling as a kid, maybe that's why we appreciate underground promotions more like AEW and New Japan, because they aren't afraid to give us like those hardcore matches that we were used to, because things were different back in the day. Remember the hardcore title? They had their own title. I know. 
and it was awesome. It was, it's like, it's kind of like the 24 seven belt, the 27, 24 seven belt right now. It's stupid. I hate it. But, um, the, the hardcore one was kind of cool at the beginning and it was kind of for those wrestlers that I, I feel like they were using it as a way to get a lot of the ECW guys. They saw what ECW was doing. It was taken off. People liked it, but it was a different set of audience, right? It's not the same people who are watching WWE. They started to kind of mend together when they were pushing the envelope with a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. I, I'm I'm curious to see how things pan out. But with AEW, it's just it's been on a good run. I mean, listen, it has its ups and downs. And you know, people used to bash on WWE for bringing in all these old guys like like uh, like Goldberg and having Lesnar be be a part time champion. But I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Like AEW is kind of doing the same thing right now. You know, they they they're doing a better job of like being able to push the younger talent without focusing on the older guys. Like you had sting and Darby Allen, who I love Darby Allen. Um, he, he's probably my favorite in a W and, um, and, and, and they were in a match together, but you didn't see sting, you know, in a standalone match. Like you watch Goldberg, he can't be a match more than five minutes. How is that even entertaining? Uh, and so I don't know. It, it, they just have done a pretty good job. I loved the, um, the lights out match with um, John Moxley and Kenny Omega. I thought it was awesome. Like that's really what got me. I, I was like kind of excited about AEW. Then I saw that and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is wrestling. Like this is wrestling. Like I, I, I not every match has to be a hardcore match, but it like gives you something to look forward to. And you can see the effort these guys are putting into it. And I just, I loved it. It was great. And then we talked about it last week, but did you see the um, Brit Baker breaker, uh, Brit breaker, Brit, Baker Thunder and Rosa. Uh, Thund- Thunder Rosa match. Did Incredible. you see any of that? And you know what? It's about time yeah. AEW puts on some good women's matches because yeah, their I women's know, agree. division is full of talented wrestlers, but they don't do a good job at highlighting them. But no. that Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match, Chef's Kiss, top notch. That was a six yep. out of five star match. Yep. Agree. I agree with you there. I and you're the point about. Okay, so here, here's here it is. Here it is. My 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 shining moment for WWE. They may not be perfect at it, but at least they are doing a very good job pushing the women's matches. Um, they they do. I think they've done a great job of at least getting them more involved. I mean, it went from maybe 10 minutes a night to now having at least two or three matches on the card and headlining events like you had. Uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha had headlining night one of WrestleMania last night. And then, I mean, it, it, it's just, they've done a better job at it. And AEW definitely has some talented women. I think they may overall, like if you look at the quality of both of them together, yeah, WWE probably has more wrestlers, but I think AEW has better quality women wrestlers as a whole. They just haven't focused on it enough. And I, I, I if this is any indication I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. I remember definitely. WWE a few years back had their own women's pay-per-view in Evolution. Do you remember that? Yep. That I was do. incredible. And that was honestly my favorite. You know, I'm biased. I'm a girl. But <laughs> that was my favorite pay-per-view of that year because they had the nostalgia 
um, pop with all the women's wrestlers of the past. They had Lita, Trish Stratus, Tori Wilson, but they also just put on new and fresh matches with their current roster. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with you. It's been, it's been lights out better. The thing is though, you can see a big difference um, between the, like there, there's definitely like a one a of, of good women wrestlers in WWE. Like meaning like the Sasha's, the, the Bailey's, the Charlotte flares, the uh, Becky Lynch's. And then you kind of, yeah, there's some other good ones too. I'm not, discounting other people there's some really great ones in um in in nxt but there's also some like that you can see are starting to get better like i look at camilla i didn't think she was a great wrestler from the beginning quite honestly she was a cheerleader who then turned into a wrestler and but she's getting better and you can see it in the matches and you can see when they go against them so you're starting to get better competition in there too i actually this is a little off subject, but it was pretty cool. I was listening to the grilling JR podcast, which I actually love that podcast. I think it's awesome. JR does a really great job of telling some stuff now that, you know, he behind the scenes that you didn't know about. And they talked about China and um, how he, he didn't come out and really say this, but China was a pain in the ass basically when she was a wrestler. Cause she thought she was basically too good to be in the women's division. Um, and she wanted to wrestle the men. And I mean, quite honestly, she did a great job wrestling the men. She could stay and 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 hang with the best of them. The problem is when you're in a career like this, where everything's predetermined and your character is determined on winning and losing for the most part, if you're a male character and you're losing to a female character, it was perceived as not so great for your future you know what i'm trying to say so getting someone to lose to her a lot is is was not easy to do especially at that time but she was well ahead of her her time um as far as 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 women wrestlers go and so anyway so during all this um wrestlemania 17 came around and they wanted china to win the the women's title and you know she really didn't even want to win it and they convinced her to do it and wanted to make her kind of like the Hulk Hogan of women's wrestling. So she could kind of propel it and maybe get other women who wanted to be involved and that were on her same level to, to be involved in, and she could get some more talent. Cause there really wasn't anyone at that time. I, I feel like that, that you could really see competing with her, especially where she was going against men and winning. And so she, she went into the match at WrestleMania 17 against uh, ivory and, um, who Ivory was a great competitor and JR talked great things about her, great person. And she basically won it in three minutes and embarrassed Ivory and JR hated it. JR hated it. He was like, just not a great, great look. Um, didn't need to be done. And she could have cared less to be the women's champion. So I, I, I wish she was around now in that prime to go against like the Charlotte flair flares, you know, the, the thunder roses, I, I think it would be a, a better time frame. Oh, it'd be incredible. I feel like that's what they're trying to do with Jade in AEW now, because she look at her. She is a beast. She could kick anybody's oh, ass yeah. just by looking at her. Like, I know I feel that's the direction they're going to take with her. Yeah. I, 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 I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And they have a lot of talent on there. So I'm excited to see how that goes. But overall, I mean, I just, I enjoy the AEW product. I just hope they don't get 
oversaturated too quickly. Um, the other thing that I, I will say and, and is I, I listened to another podcast. It was um, the, oh, oh my God, I'm, it's escaping me. What D, uh, John Moxley's wife, Renee, Young. Uh, Renee, Renee Young. She has that podcast. Mike talks about it all the time on here. And I finally listened to it. And I listened to the one with uh, uh, Tony Khan. And um, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> he came across as a very big wrestling fan who really wanted to see things happen and wanted the wrestlers to do well. And he talked about, um, man, I'm struggling with names today. Uh, who's the recent wrestler that just passed away? Oh, Brody Lee. Brody Lee, he talked about the tribute episode and how for a week he had anxiety because he wanted to make it worth the wild for, for Brody Lee. And he didn't think he would be able to do it justice. And anyways, it's a good listen. I, but it just made me like, it's a total, total different attitude than what you get out of WWE. You know, you get a guy who it's a corporate owned product and you get a guy who is the boss and he wants things his way and that's it. You know, and this guy seems to like really listen. Um, and and it's just it's it's interesting because I feel like wrestling always repeats itself. There's always this cycle of wrestling where it's like it's hot, it's cold, it's hot, it's cold. And you when when wrestling's hot, you can get away with making mistakes. But you know, WWE was able to capitalize and take out WCW and ECW and all their competition. But then there was nothing, and they kind of have let the same thing that was happening to WCW happened here, maybe not on the same scale, but now AEW is, is listening to what fans want and you're seeing stuff that is different and it's more enjoyable for me. Um, I know you talked about the, um, the women's division there. Are there any other storylines that you, you like in there right now? Any matches that you saw that you really like? I mean, all the matches are great, but my the my favorite storyline that's going on right now is the inner circle versus the pinnacle. I did not I don't know. I feel like that took me by surprise kind of how that all went down because if you remember um Maxwell Jacob Friedman, he took us on a roller coaster. I love ride. him by the way. Yeah. So he took us on a roller coaster ride of being, oh, I'm taking over, but I'm not taking over. I'm sabotaging, but I'm not sabotaging. By the way, I have my own faction. I that whole um, promo that he did, that whole segment, I was just like, where is this going? So I'm excited to see those two factions go up against each other. I would say that's probably my favorite storyline. I know I'm the biggest Kenny Omega fan, but that storyline probably has to be my favorite and i agree with you too like darby allen probably has to be my favorite wrestler as well in AEW right now and i'm very excited to see what is it next week he's taking on matt hardy so darby has been compared to jeff hardy i don't know how many times so to see new age jeff hardy versus classic matt hardy go up against each other i'm really excited for that match yeah no that's gonna be a good one i, I you know unfortunately matt hardy is not moving around as well as he used to he's not terrible but it's just not the same matt hardy you got eight years ago nine years ago even probably further than that but um 
Yeah, no, I'm curious to see how that go. It'll be it's a cool matchup to see. I would I would love to see Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. And, and it's 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 the way Darby Allen comes across as this mysterious figure, too, that I kind of like. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, Super he, yeah, emo, cool. grungy, I, I like just him. different. And yeah. I feel like pairing yeah. him up with Sting, he's like the new age Sting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and 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 the other thing too is with um with the with with AEW, they do a really good job on their tag team, like their tag team division, which you don't see in WWE. No, it's like Vince it, hates it, it, tag teams because you have he split which is up stupid the new because day. some of the best. I know, I know, and but it's 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 dumb. You know, we've talked about this on the podcast a million times too. The um the the titles like not having two tag team champions and two WWE champions and an Intercontinental champion and a US champion and this and that it's like it doesn't really mean anything so having a, a couple concentrated champions you can kind of see like who the guys are that you know you should be focusing on and and it, it I don't know it it makes a big difference to me and I I I just hope that AEW continues on this path and and doesn't like even not doing a pay-per-view every month is kind of nice because when they do the pay-per-views, like the last one was a revolution. That one was, was awesome. Like the card on it was unbelievable. And I think my expectations were so much hot. were so high on that one. And it, it, it didn't fall very low, but it, it, it was a great pay-per-view, but like it just the, the anticipation of it was more exciting to me than any of the WrestleMania matches that we have going on. Um, here today but uh before i know we have we're we're running a little short on time but i want to talk a little bit about um you know wrestlemania because we're kind of in the middle of it if, if you guys are listening the first night of wrestlemania was was last night and tonight is the second night of wrestlemania um what did you watch any of like the the, the nights leading up or I, I know you watched last night was last night the first night you watched of kind of the wrestlemania week. of wrestlemania brother i watched last night <laughs> i did not watch the raw or smackdown i did watch the nxt takeovers which i knew were going to be incredible um but yeah. you know i have not been very interested in any of the matches they announced for wrestlemania i did watch I really enjoyed the Seth Rollins-Cesaro match last night. I feel like even though that didn't have so much buildup, the storytelling in that match, like knowing Cesaro's struggles to be on top, even though he's been in the WWE for, what, 10 years, they said, and he's never won a singles match in WrestleMania. He's never had a singles match in WrestleMania. And seeing how he always performs such top-notch wrestler, like wrestling matches and just singles competitor and even when he had his tag team run with Sheamus he's incredible and I'm happy they finally gave him an opportunity and gave him some recognition I hope it goes somewhere I don't know if it will but that was my favorite match out of night one I agree. And you know what? I give Seth Rollins a lot of shit. I I probably don't do it a lot on this podcast because I give a lot of people shit, but um, I'm not the biggest Seth Rollins fan, but I will, I will tell you this. I, I, he's a big fan of, of wrestling. You can tell. Um, And for him to kind of do the job and let Cesaro win um, when he's kind of in a weird, weird way right now, because he's not champion. He was champion twice and he hasn't been, and he's got a, 
gimmick going on. And he's and he, he's like the guy that like I want to like, but just never do for some reason. And I, the fact that he kind of I, I liked their feud. I thought it was great because he he did this whole like um, promotion about how you know Cesaro. No, Seth Rollins is the champion that you should be rooting for, and this, that, and the other. It was great. I loved the promo, and it made you really even get on Cesaro's side more. And and you're right. It, it's funny that a lot of these underutilized guys end up being people that you like because you see that they're underutilized. Like that. That's really it. Same with it was with Daniel Bryan. We had, Daniel Bryan was the same way for a long time, and then he, you know, they had the whole yes movement, and he took off. So I agree with you. I thought that was a great match. Um, Trying to think, what were some of the other matches last night that I saw that I really liked? We had the Lashley, and um, so first of all, they had the rain delay, and I want to point this out there. I was talking with Mikey Cash, um, and he had mentioned that the one thing about the rain delay that he really liked is that you could tell the the promos weren't scripted, and they came across great. And he thinks that they should use that as a jumping or a, a jumping board to be able to do that more often. And I think we all agree, and less scripting the better. Um, the, we had Shane and Braun Strowman. Okay, match. Fine with it. No big deal. Thought ripping the, the cage off was kind of cool. It I was just, expected. I don't know. You know, I, Shane's going to jump off something yeah. really high. Braun Strowman's yeah, exactly. going to be a monster. It wasn't a bad match, but it was very much what you thought it would be. No. Yeah, it, ex- it was exactly what you thought it was going to be. And um, it, it is what it is. Uh, and then we had, I'm trying to think, the other match that I really liked um was Lashley and McIntyre. I thought that was actually a good match. They started, you got to remember this is the first time they had live fans and that was the first um that was the first match with live fans. It was the first match on the card and I thought they did well. I thought it was great. I like Lashley as champion. I also really am starting to like McIntyre, so I I thought it was good. Again, I I it was it was all right. You know, it was an all right pay-per-view. That's how I put it. It was it was all right. Yeah. I all mean right. <laughs> I still like stand. I still like stand and deliver better yeah. both nights. Way better. I mean, if if you're going through that, like you had, um, you had the the Kyle the Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole unsanctioned match, which I thought was awesome. Um, Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross. I'm actually kind of sh- shocked. Karrion Cross won. I like his gimmick, but I love Finn Balor. Um, I do. I, and I wish he came out as the demon. He doesn't do it enough. I thought that's kind of cool. I think it doesn't um, fit the character that they're trying to portray him as now. They're not. Yeah, they're, they're de- you're 100% right there. Um, 100% right. Uh, I'm trying to think. What were the other? You had you had the Walter versus... Um, Champa. Uh, Champa. Walter versus Champa. I thought it was a good match, yeah. too. I like Walter. I mean, he's like your... The thing is, he doesn't even have a, a like a crazy gimmick. He, I just, I like him. I think it, I thought the match was great. It was hard hitting, um, really good, really good match. And then uh, Raquel Williams versus um, Raquel Gonzalez. You're Gerard. awful with names today. Oh God, I told you, I am <laughs> terrible with names today. I am terrible. I'm terrible with names in general. Um, but but yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought she was. I thought she was. She looked awesome. I thought that match was great. That it was great. My favorite match um, that stood out to me, and probably more, most people didn't really care about it because there wasn't too much buildup for it, but it was the Kushida and Pete Dunn match. Simply because you had the two different styles, completely different wrestlers, but they performed a match 
that was so in sync and so organic and so good. I don't know. That was my standout match out of the entire two nights of Stand and Delivered, just because they were able to mix those two completely different wrestling styles and make it work. No, I agree. I I think Pete Dunn, I mean, he's clearly lost weight too, right? Like he was, yeah. And I think he looks great. He reminds me of, and it's not like a perfect one for one, but he reminds me a lot of Kurt Angle. I don't know what it is. Like he seems to always put on a good match. He's a great technical wrestler, you know, always on the mat. I, I just, I think he does a great job and you don't see that a lot. Like that technical wrestling, kind of like the Bret Hart style with, you know, or Chris Benoit style, Eddie Guerrero style, like where you're, you're, they're really good on the mat, like it, it, and they're good at telling a story on the mat. And I feel like he's that type of guy, you know? And um, I, I agree with you there. Um, The, the O'Reilly and Cole match. That's one of those other ones that that had a long build up to it. And there's been so many matches between them and involving them and, just their whole faction all together with the whole breakup that went down. I think that's what really got people excited. And there was such a high expectation for that match that I completely lost track of time watching it because you thought, I thought the pay-per-view was going to be two hours. So I'm like, Oh, it must be what? 10 o'clock now. It was what? 1035 when it ended. I'm like, Whoa. And there was no dull moment. It was like a grudge match out of all grudge matches. They just, story told that match like you knew you felt that they actually hated each other yep nope i agree i i i did and but at the end what i thought was cool is when he, when cole was being carried off in the cart like well he wasn't he was been put on the um the stretcher um you saw o'reilly kind of looking like yeah i just did all of this but he almost like yeah i won f you but I feel kind of bad. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and it, which is kind of cool. It shows that's like a great baby face versus heel moment, you know? And uh, I thought he did. I thought it was a great match when they went through the the stage. Um, that was pretty cool. I didn't expect that. Uh, and they just did some unique things that are a little bit different. The only thing I'll say is that this unsanctioned match. Okay. I've never had heard of an unsanctioned match or a lights out match until AEW. And it just feels like NXT was copying AEW with like an unsanctioned match. Like I've seen hardcore matches and street fights and all of that. It just seems weird that they would both coincide all in the same year. I don't know. It, it, it seemed like they were taking a page out of, out of uh, AEW's book on that, but I mean, it was still a great match. I like NXT. Love it. Um, I wish more of the main roster would be like NXT. Really, it just stinks when you get an NXT guy going up and like Ricochet. Just, like he's not even on the car. Ricochet, Shinsuke, he's Alistair not, Black. Um, <laughs> Alistair Black. Like, yeah, they're not even on the card this year, and it's like, why? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Is is Raw really the? is raw and SmackDown really the the brand? Like it, they get more money. They get these great sets. Like the WrestleMania set looked awesome last night with the giant pirate ship and Titan Tron. It was great to see something other than like the, the Thunderdome, it was you know, or, or the not, raw not Thunderdome noise. Yep. That just sounds like a fan in the background. Yep. Like, Oh, Oh, Anya, I gotta tell you. Okay. I watched the, the hall of fame 
It was brutal. Brutal. Like, I could not watch it. It was it's so like being bad. being in an airplane. And it was because you all... Yeah, and but but then like they had they had people like chanting in like fake chants on on certain things. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, and the other thing that bothers me is why is X Pac in the Hall of Fame twice already? And he's probably gonna be in a third time by himself. And like he wasn't really even part of NWO. Like, if you think of NWO, I think of Bischoff, Hogan, Hall, and Nash. That's NWO. Then everyone else is in there, but that's it, yeah. you know. Doesn't make any sense. So Hall of Fame was awful. I don't know if you saw any of it, but it's not worth going back and watching. It was two hours, and the Kane speech was cool. I I think Kane's a great speaker. Um, other than that, I mean, Rob Van Dam's speech was kind of cool. Um, then you had the NWO like talking and stuff, which was cool. But it's the same Hogan as always it's even worse than before because at least in hogan in the 80s like it was a good 80s promo where he's like yelling at the screen yelling at mean gene you know flexing you know but now it's just like a scripted promo it sounds awful yeah i didn't watch any of the hall of fame Uh, i didn't even know it was going on honestly with everything that's going on so i'm surprised they're doing they're doing 2020 and 2021 yeah, I know, which it kind of stinks. I feel bad for for those guys, um, for some of them, because they don't get the live audience. But um, it was cool Kane's in there. I like Kane. It's cool the NWO's in there. It's cool Bischoff's in there, I guess. I, I would I don't understand why he's not in there with the NWO. Yeah. I, I, it is what it is. But uh, And it's cool that they did, like, um, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. Like, he was clearly – I didn't know him as well – I, when I saw the video package, I remembered him from WCW, but like, I never knew his whole career and you could tell he was a big influence in kind of that high flying cruiserweight style. And that was kind of cool. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, the, the hall of fame, we have a, we have a whole episode on it. I know you've listened to it. It just, it's, it's such a hard thing to debate when it's like predetermined stuff. And, and it's one of those things, like, I think they should do it where, they have like a premium person going in and then they have different tiers, but you don't have to give five or six slots away every year, seven or eight slots, whatever they do, because then it just becomes watered down. And to me, it's, it's not a hall of fame. Bobby Stone says this all the time. Shout out to Bobby Stone, unless you have a physical location, but it also isn't a hall of fame unless you have people in there that are supposed to be in there. Like, how can you have the great Kali in there and not have Vader or. And why do you have celebrities like William Shatner? I don't understand. I don't mind the celebrity thing because it's like a celebrity wing. You know what I mean? It's fine. But like Drew Carey (laughs) would have been on twice in his life. Like it doesn't make any sense. Uh, So yeah, I agree. Um, But it is what it is. I think it's kind of cool because you get to see some people they haven't seen in a while. So I was like that, but I just think they need to do it a little differently in my opinion. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, we'll do, this was great Anya. Listen, we, I appreciate you, um, being on the podcast. I'm hoping you can come on more. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. This was, this was a blast. We'll get more into new Japan when Mikey cash comes back. Um, 
and and we can get into to some more stuff. I know we're going to do some topics. We're going to do one on Stone Cold Steve Austin. We're going to do one maybe on WrestleMania 17. Um, so we're, we're, we we got some stuff in the works that we're excited about. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, follow us on Twitter. I mentioned it before. It's from underscore gorilla on the Twitter machine. And then we also have um, a TikTok, which TikTok is a big thing nowadays. So we have a, a great TikTok uh, with tons of videos. Um, and that is also our, our, our name on that is from underscore gorilla. Check that out. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. And um, we appreciate you guys listening. Any final thoughts from you? I'm excited yeah. for WrestleMania night too. See if they can really. And I'm not saying last night was bad. It was a good night of wrestling, but I really want them to do something to wow me. You know, I miss feeling that element of wow. Like I think the last time I was genuinely surprised at WrestleMania was when the Hardy Boys came back a couple of years ago. That was a big pop. But other than that, it's just been like meh. So I'm excited to see what they're going to yeah. do tonight. That's a that's a great takeaway. I I agree with you. I I do want to say this before we sign off. I give Bad Bunny a lot of a lot of crap on yeah, this show. He um, put in good he, effort. He actually wrestled. I honestly thought that match was going to yeah. be Damian Priest versus the other <laughs> two guys, Miz and Morrison. But Damian didn't do anything. Sucks for Damian. I think he's great. Nope. <laughs> I know. I think. I honestly wonder at one point if he was supposed to be involved more. Um, I, but I give, I listen, you're right. I give Bad Bunny credit. There's been a lot of celebrities that come on WWE. They do the wrestling, like Snooki, whoever, you know, and they end up, the wrestling part of it's kind of an afterthought. I guess my issue with the whole thing, why I didn't like it was because of the force feeding of this guy um, to people. And then you have wrestlers on there like, Shinsuke, Alistair Black, Ricochet, who aren't getting time, and then you give this guy time, and and I get it; it's part of the deal. Part of the deal. I just yeah. But shout out to with Bad everything Bunny. else, it just yeah. He he did a good job. He put a lot of effort into it. That's that's the key. You can tell he's a fan of wrestling, and as much as I wasn't a fan of him, I'll give him credit. So um, I did want to say that before we before we signed off here. But um, Anya, again, thank you for joining us. And we will be back here next week uh, or not next week, but in the next couple of weeks. Um, so look out for our next podcast. Uh, we appreciate it and have a great night. We now return your perception of reality to you until next time.